Welcome to the Soul Savvy Podcast, your home to sneaker culture, community, and connections. Our goal is to provide you with industry insights that you can't find anywhere else, as well as news and stories from the people who helped build sneaker culture into what it is today. From designers to photographers to brand experts, we give you the real scoop on what's going on in the sneaker world as it relates to you, the consumer. What up, everyone? Welcome to a new episode of the Soul Savvy Podcast. I have Juan and Lawrence on with me today. Lawrence is only here, quote unquote, so he doesn't get fined. Um, I don't know if you can find him, but that is what he just said off air before we started um, recording. How are you guys doing? Well, yeah, you can't find me because I'm here. So there we go. We'll never find out. I guess we'll never know. Right? No fines. No fines. Juan we'll has also showed up. <laughs> we'll, we'll never find out. Dang. Oh, Lord. Everyone just turned off the podcast. We're off to a blazing hot start right now. Yeah, we are. (laughs) Let's jump right in. Um, Today, we're going to talk about the best releases of the year so far. And our definition of releases is not, you know, the hype crazy stuff that everyone was talking about that was reselling for money. It is like holistically a release. How did the drop go? Was it attainable? Um, what was the storytelling around the release? Did they do something unique? We're really looking at the actual release experience versus just like what is the best shoe of 2023 so far. Um, so we're going to take that perspective uh, around this. We've always kind of done that with Soul Rankings and the community. Uh, I think the best releases end, end up being the ones that are fun and attainable. And that's what we want to talk about more than we want to talk about, you know, uh, SB4s, which everyone knows is an amazing shoe, but it was really hard to get in the pan in the ass. And there was like 100 raffles. It wasn't a fun release. So um, to kick things off, I want to start with uh, the ASIC, ASIC Hall Studios. Did either of you guys pre-order this shoe? Okay. So I was the only one to pre-order it. I got it in October 22. And I did it because I looked at it and I was like, wow, this is a beautiful sneaker. And we constantly talk about, um, you know, brands doing pre-orders to make a shoe more accessible to people. And they finally did it. So I'm like, I'm going to put my mouth, my money where my mouth is. And and I pre-ordered it. And um, from then on, they just did an amazing job. Um, Really, uh, it it arrived on time and there was multiple releases and everyone loved the shoe. Did you guys, either of you get it afterwards? Yeah, I I ended up getting, um, um, when they dropped that, the forest green colorway. Um, So I ended up just hitting on, on, on a raffle, but but to your point, yeah, like I think it was um, it was a really cool way that they ended up pre-ordering, delivering on time. And then not only that, but like I think anybody that pretty much wanted them after the fact, I think I remember us sharing links um, in the community, you know, sending out pushes on the drops app too. like there was there was plenty of opportunity to get your hands on a pair. And I think it was one of those um, sneakers that I think just made all parties involved happy. You know, yeah. Lawrence, what about you? Yeah, I did not personally pick them up, but definitely appreciate them from afar and i really love like i know that you're saying that they showed up on time to me that turnaround is insanely quick like that's so fast like i i'm thinking back to a couple times where ald has done pre-orders and i think we're talking like 14 months in some cases to get your shoes like by then i forgot i'd have even ordered them um and then they kind of just show up so whatever this is like a four to five month turnaround is is kind of incredible and yeah. yeah, and to your point, like mass producing them with a pre-order and then we're producing some more so that people who like slept on the pre-order can get them and they, there's raffles and there's first come first serve drops. It's just like 
again, it's kind of an all-encompassing. It used to just be raffles and first come, first serve. So to add in like the pre-order to the mix just makes the accessibility even more prevalent. And yeah, it's really hard to be mad at that. Yeah. And and, and for them, they had their first colorway with ASICs reselling for a ton of money that no one was really able to get. Um, and if you're ASICs and, and, and your health studios, you're looking at it going, let's make as much money as possible. Yeah, run and, it up. And, and print to demand, right? So that's what they did. And then, and again, they kept people's uh, um, kind of attention for the shoe there through through the process. And again, it was very accessible. It's a beautiful sneaker. Everyone who has it is super happy. I got free socks out of it. Um, that was my pre-order perk. And ultimately, I think a, a, a win-win release. So we've seen that one kind of go from start to finish uh, October to spring of 23. Technically did release this year. But we have another pre-order that's going on right now, which um, was surprising and, and caught, I think, a lot of people off guard, which was um, the Kith uh, Ronnie 8th Street Sambos uh, with Clark's, the three-way collaboration, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yep. Uh, oh, and Adidas, obviously, duh. Uh, <laughs> um, did either of you buy those on release day raffle or pre-order? No. Did not. common theme here i I gained in the one who pre-ordered then um i don't buy sambas i don't buy adidas very often but something around that shoe to me just just it hit i really liked how it looked and i was like you know what i'm gonna go for it again because of this pre-order i want to see what happens um do you guys know how it led into this do you recall how we got to this pre-order because it wasn't planned i i believe it was release very limited sold out in the blink of an eye and they're like all right running back basically right raffle so they did the, the yes raffle yes that's and, what it was um, yeah. you know it, look was this planned all along that's what i was gonna say yeah the question you're gonna ask right which is like did they purposely only release a, a certain amount to have crazy demand for the raffle like i don't know i don't care regardless uh, a lot of people raffled not a lot of people won they looked at the data, whether it was rigged or not, um, saw the resale prices and said, all right, let, let's just run it and print more and um, or make more. And I pre-ordered. Um, I did enter the raffle. I lost. And then I did the pre-order because I figured, why not? If I want them enough, I uh, will wait for them to deliver. And I think the date for them was August. Uh, so sometime yeah. in this summer. So it wasn't too bad of a turnaround. I think it was like five months as well. Um, but those are still like, reselling for a ton of money uh and yeah, i don't understand but, why um it might just be the the now factor of needing it but again uh, to the pre-order model i appreciate um kith could have just moved on adidas could have moved on they all could have moved on but they wanted to make it more accessible and again whether it was planned or not or just uh, an adjustment to seeing um the demand and pivoting i think that's a pretty cool opportunity to give people an opportunity to get the shoes they want because there's really no reason to have an $800 Samba. I do want to give uh, our boy uh, Ronaldo a little bit of uh, credit here because this isn't the first time he's done something like this where he's done a really cool collab. It's gone really quickly and they've opened a pre-order. They did, Kith did the same thing with their TaylorMade collection. Like it sold mm. out incredibly quickly. Right. So it could just be an instance of it being like kind of out there. I mean, a Samba with a crep Wallaby soul is like, weird sounding in itself so maybe they were right. just like unsure of what demand would be sure. saw it and then they were like all right if everyone wants them everyone can get them same with the golf clubs like kith doing a whole golf club set i'm sure was very out there for them and then when they yep. saw people were interested they were like sure why not but again love love the idea of it it gives people still if you did it on the raffle 
and you have your pair, you feel really cool about it. Like you don't feel any worse. Like you had right. your pair six months before. So it doesn't devalue like the win and everything like that. Um, but it gives access to everybody else. You almost got like EA in a sense, if you won the raffle, which is kind of cool. It's kind of a cool way to go about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's kind of like the, the, the takeaway from this is like, this could be something that, you know, brands start to do, uh, moving forward. I know, um, DP, you and Marco had a podcast about this, um, earlier in the year, just about pre-orders in general. But mm -hmm. I think that that sense of, you know, getting that shoe early is still, you're still going to kind of, um, you're still going to kind of get fill the need or fill the wants that that certain consumer wants, right? Of, of that consumer that wants that shoe right away. You still have that opportunity to do that, but then you still are also fulfilling consumers at, in, as a whole um, when you do this pre-order model, right? And I think that's um, kind of the the win-win, and and I think it's just kind of cool for it to be uh, an Adidas shoe too, right? With, yeah. Which like. They're obviously, you know, probably third or fourth in the pecking order of brands, mm -hmm. right? Now, but for them to kind of experiment and promotion into the bottom five of brands, oh boy, try, try new things, uh, then that yeah. I think it, it works, right? I think it works for for for, for them right now in, the, in their current uh, environment for sure. And I think a, a great point made there by um, uh, both of you is just like I don't think they came into this collaboration like let's make as little as possible and make this resell as much as possible they probably went to it and like, okay we needed to sell out because we want to be embarrassed right and what's what's the stock that we're making and they just they missed on that number and i mean everything every decision usually is revenue based but again i don't think nike would go into a travis scott release and be like ah shucks we got to make more for the people like that's intended yeah. to be limited right and obviously we don't believe that was the case going into these so yeah, Kith isn't one of those like a Hall Studios, like their first first ASICs that the, there's like twelve pairs that exist. Like that yeah. one makes sense. They probably made it very purposely limited. But like Kith is a money printing machine. Like they're a big company. They need to make money, so they will yeah. like yeah, as many as you guys want. Yeah, and the man was. I mean, it's an amazing shoe. Again, it's like, a great shoe. They did a great job. Yeah, I don't um actively seek out Sambas, let alone a, you know just Adidas collaborations anymore. Yeah. Um, sorry, Adidas people. But uh, it's just the truth. But this shoe, the moment I saw it, yeah, some of those are everywhere right now, but that doesn't mean I'm going to go back to Europe like I, to my origin and my roots here. <laughs> uh, keeping it moving on releases, um, I want to talk about the Airship PE every game. I actually thought that one, the execution of that from a storytelling perspective by, um, I guess, Jordan Red was brilliant. Um, either of you want to take the lead on this one? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone is semi-familiar. We saw these uh, super early images of Nigel Sylvester wearing a player edition, family and friends. No one was sure what it was of the airship. Um, had like bike air on the back, got everyone super excited. This is when airships were still relatively new to the market. There was only a couple colorways that had released at that point. Everyone's freaking losing their minds. And then news comes out, oh, these are family and friends. Probably in the same breath. I want to say in the same articles I was reading in the same yeah, little savvy great. article. These yeah. are a family and friend, but <laughs> there's another one coming that looks very, very similar um, that you can get your hands on. And that's the one that ultimately released the blue pair alongside of another red pair um, inspired by Jordan wearing uh, like his UNC practice shorts underneath his yeah. uniform when he played in the NBA. Right. Again, even just the storytelling behind that shoe is really good. But when you preface it with the whole Nigel Sylvester 
we'll call it a stunt essentially. Yeah. Um, it made everyone really, really want this shoe and they, yeah, were relatively, not even relatively, if you had the drops app, you probably got a pair if you wanted them because they were popping up quite a bit. The <laughs> whole rollout was great. It was almost yeah. like a flow release. Like they were kind of just like when retailers got them, they were dropping them. Um, yeah. So yeah, everything about it was, it was honestly a genius by Nike or Jordan once again. Yeah. Yeah, to add to that before I punch it to one, um, they actually, the request was that stores release them in store first and don't drop them online. Okay. Uh, there was like a week embargo on that. It had to stay at retail. Obviously, some stores just didn't follow those rules and it released online anyways. That's why the Drops app is amazing. Um, but that was kind of the, the, the mantra was like, let's get people in the stores. If this is going to be a boutique neighborhood exclusive, which I believe it was, I don't recall seeing it on sneakers. Yeah, I think you're correct. I think it was. They want people walking into physical locations and seeing them. Yeah. I mean, uh, you guys kind of covered it. Uh, I mean, I think the, I think the cool part was too, like the, really the, the only difference is again, the materials and like the bike air on the back, right? Like. I mini think, swoosh was I, I missed the, the mini swoosh makes a big difference. Oh yeah, the mini swoosh. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. The 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 Nigels have the crack leather, and then the every game is like that that like hairy suede. But but I think regardless, right? I mean, no one was ever going to be able to see that pair. I think Nigel did like give away a pair in in New York City, which was really cool. Um, but I think regardless, yeah. I mean, you guys kind of hit hit um all the points with how this shoe released and and how obtainable it was and i think a lot of people i see a lot of people wearing them um on the on a day-to-day basis not not just this colorway but the airship in general i yeah. think they've done a really good job of just kind of making those available um for for consumers yeah whether it's selling out or not people are enjoying wearing the airship in the different colorways um i think my favorite part of this release is just like how much they messed with like the hype beast psyche, which was like, ah, oh, Nigel airship. Like everyone's like, you know, super excited. It's gonna be super limited. All the hype beasts are just like salivating on it. Oh yeah, no, it's just there's a GR version, and like it is what it is. But what was great was it eliminated everyone else who was just there for the hype and left the people who just like the shoe for what it is, which was a really great colorway and great storytelling. Um, and and um, there was even some sizes on sale. Um, to, you know, if you're a smaller size, but. I thought that was honestly hilarious um, because we talk about like, oh, if it wasn't an off-white collaboration, would you even want it or Travis Scott? Yeah. You kind of got your answer a little bit, right? You know, mm-hmm. It's kind of the common theme, these first three sneakers. I was going to say same thing. That, that we've talked about, right? It's just like they've kind of, they, they've kind of messed with, you know, that maybe not intentionally, but it's like, okay, this shoe is going to be super limited. You think it's going to be super hype, super limited at first. And uh, then literally a week or two later, there's like something else that's happening that then makes like that value plummet, right? And then again, like you said, it just kind of leaves it to the true consumers and the people that actually want the sneaker. Yeah. Some some would say it's a great time to be a sneakerhead. Someone has said that. <laughs> but absolutely is. I mean, look, we're talking about some amazing shoes, which, you know, maybe there was a, a little bit of a hoop to jump through um, and some you know, obviously weights and pre-orders, but like all very attainable. Um, jumping into the white cement Jordan 3s. Oh. Uh, I think this is in general a sneaker of the year candidate. Um, I thought about calling in Marco for just like a five second audio snippet where he goes, <laughs> the best Jordan 3 white cement of all time because he's very passionate about that. Mm-hmm. I think he's right. Uh, I think it's amazing retro. Uh, you know, people who don't like the age soul, um, obviously 
feel a certain way about that, but that's fine. But overall, um, I think, you know, there was a little bit of a after effect from the lost and found ones. Um, there was maybe like a three month gap between, between those two. And, um, this shoe was just, it sold out swiftly, but it's restocked a ton. It's been available a ton. Um, the prices are, are reasonable. It, it was hard to get, but I also think it, it was as ideal of a super hyped Jordan, uh, like retro colorway that we can get, like as an ideal scenario, um, for that shoe. And for that reason alone, for me, um, to give a new era of sneakerheads an opportunity to own an absolute classic um it is a victory you you won't get uh like you said i think it's in contention and it might end up being a lot of people's shoe of the year period not like taking the release out of the like our kind of little specification sure. out of the way yeah you won't get a more accessible shoe of the year candidate than this one this yeah. year and in probably years past like in years really? past we're talking like Chicago Off-White 1, Sean Weatherspoon 97-1, like Atmos, those are previous shoes of the year. There's five pairs of those compared to these, right? Right. These were very well produced, um, spread everywhere. Like in Canada, stores like SportCheck got them. Like there was ample opportunities. They restocked a ton, like you said. Um, They did the whole like special Nike sneakers rollout with like the early shock drop and everything like that. So you kind of got a little taste of everything with this shoe. and, And like you said, um, the Marco has said it a million times, but we'll say it again. It's one of the best retros you're ever going to see in terms of like execution, quality, shape. Like they the, basically threw out the old Jordan three mold that was like the boxy toe box, and they were like, "This is it." And it's like it's just so well done. Yep. Um, so excited about the shoe. Every time I think about it, or we talk about it. I saw Juan wear his pair over the weekend, and it was just like, ah, I can't wait to wear my pair. But yeah, yeah. just a, a great, great shoe. I feel like I'm gushing about it, but yeah, it's so good. It is. It is. And like, and like, I think the, the thing that, that Nike and, and particularly in the sneakers app that, that they've been doing recently too, um, over the last couple of big, you know, releases that they have each quarter is they give you multiple opportunities each time. Right. So they're almost like, yes, there's a release date, but there's also waves prior and after to that. Right. And I know we preach about it all the time about re- like these types of releases they are going to restock all the time. But, but I think what they did is, you know, they, they gave out exclusive access, right? And then they do like a shock drop, right? And then they do the actual sneakers drop. And then after the fact, they do a second yep. chance, and right? Jordan so, Reserve, yeah. Yeah, like there's there's so many opportunities and, and like, yeah, maybe it- So you know, Savvy drops it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It could be better if they just drop them all at once and, and try and fulfill as many needs. But I think I like how it's all these waves because if I get my pair the first time, then I'm not going to try for a second unless I want to double up, right? I can then help someone else out or I can give that opportunity to someone else. So I think the way that they release them in waves or these bigger releases, how they've been releasing them in waves is I think the way they should continue to do it. And I think it just makes more people happy. And then, yeah, Yeah. some, some would say the release date isn't always the release date. Some would say, oh Lord, I wish (laughs) it was a video podcast. (laughs) Um, But to transition with that, um, to another sneaker, the next chapter, Air Jordan 1, uh, Spider-Man from uh, Across the Spider-Verse, had that same rollout. And I think what's super interesting about this release is it's the rumor of another Jordan 1, Sh- Chicago Spider-Man. Everyone got super excited. Then the potato phone leaks, 
of shitty photos that make no sense and like worst lighting imaginable came out and everyone's like ah these suck i don't want these i don't want these i don't that was a narrative pre 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 um launch and then they had the the shock drop which <laughs> there's no more shock drops left but yeah <laughs> uh, it's just a timed release that everyone knows about um and i feel like everyone got a pair on yeah. um on that early release shock drop and what was so interesting to me was the price crater of the market. People were talking about returning their pairs because, again, in this era of sneakers, you buy to trade and, and you know, all that stuff, which is, I think, a problem. But it actually reset the market to a healthy point, which is like, who likes this shoe? If you like it, you can honestly, there was a point where you could get pairs for retail, depending on your size. I mean, people are happily willing to, to sell theirs, right? And then the movie came out and then like, you know, it built the hype back up. But like, again, it eliminated some of the FOMO and the BS and allowed like the actual consumer who wanted them to, to grab them. And again, uh, across the whole experience, not even mentioning what, what we participated in, um, it was it was a really great release for a really great shoe. Yeah. Again, the common theme today is like the resale price should not determine if you want a shoe or not. And it also yep. is not reflective of any, truly really anything in terms of stock numbers or anything like that, right? Because the shoe was like, there's way more white cement threes than there are in X chapters, like right. infinitely more. But because again, sneakers drops 200,000 pairs allegedly in an, in an early shock drop, everyone's like, oh my God, there's a million pairs at the GR. It's going to be sitting at foot lockers all over the world. Like the the market manipulation almost is like insane mm. with all these different things we're talking about and ultimately again another sneaker that in my mind is in the top five of the year so far for me personally um and you're not going to find a more accessible sneaker that's top five of the year like it's again it's immense it, but yes it, i hear you yes again both of these are kind of like 1a 1b for me in terms yeah. of like if you really wanted it you probably had a really good chance at it there was lots of raffles there was even some first come first serve drops. Yeah, Sneakers well, dropped like a quarter of a million pairs early. Yeah. Um, so there was ample opportunity. Um, and and yeah, they're just a solid, solid, solid shoe. And I love the new school rollout where everyone turns from those are awful to they're growing <laughs> on me. They're growing on me. They're growing on me. And we're seeing it now with Union coming up um, in a couple of weeks. People had nothing nice to say about that shoe. And all of a sudden... People are like counting down the days until that shoe comes out. So, and I, again, another shoe that'll probably end up being in people's top 10 of the year, I think when all things are said and done, but yeah, love the next chapters so, so much. I think they're executed perfectly and they were relatively accessible, which is mwah, chef's kiss. Yep. One. Yeah. I mean, I, I really have nothing to add to that, boys. You guys kind of yeah. uh, talked it through. I mean, I personally, like, I remember when we were all in Philly. I, that's like when I actually was like, because you guys had both hit on the uh, exclusive yeah. access there, right? Yeah. And I saw the person and I was like, wow, these are actually really, really good. And then I tried for them and I ended up getting them on release day, right? So yeah. again, I, that's another cool thing, right? Is is you get that opportunity, you know, if you have a homie or if you're able to to see them early, early, right? Before the yeah. release date, you can actually create a judgment call of like, oh, I, I actually kind of really like these and I can see myself yeah. wearing these and you can actually go for them. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think the way that they're just releasing these sneakers is, is again, like the common, common for all of these that we're talking about is they're just finding new ways and, and new storytelling to tell for, for each one of these. And I think it's really smart. 
Yeah. I mean, look, sneaker leaks almost ruined the shoe, uh, good, good. but ultimately reset its uh, uh, kind of uh, expectations to a level that was made it more attainable for people, which was, which was great. Um, jumping to the Amamani Jordan 12s, um, before we started this, the I think Juan, you said, did these really release this year? That always happens with shoes that come out yep. in like January or February. It just feels like a lifetime ago, but these didn't indeed release, I think in late February or early March. I, I see the press release in my inbox um, mid-February. Um, but as always, um, the Whitaker Group uh, puts a lot of uh, attention, time, and and detail into the storytelling of their releases. Um, this shoe specifically was a celebration of, of Black women, and that came along with uh, a, a beautiful video, the storytelling across social and everything that they did, making it more accessible to women, multiple releases, online raffles, in-store raffles, Discord raffles, first come, first serve online. Um, the two colorways were very attainable. Um, this is a staple of Whitaker Group releases, whether that's you know social status, we've got um, the attacks coming this week or sorry, by the time this is out last week. Um, but overall, it, it's what you want a brand to do when they release a product, not just put a shoe out in there and be like, hey, it's white and purple and we made premium materials, like attach a story to it. And I think that's that's really important. And then to top it off, like these were really easy to get and it's an amazing sneaker. Mm -hmm. I think three years ago, people have been punching themselves over it, but here we are. And, um, you know, smaller sizes for women are on sale, which is great um, if they can get pairs on sale. Um, and everyone else who wanted it, um, really didn't have any issues buying them. And, and again, I buy all the Whitaker Group releases because they give a shit and tell stories. So I want to support that. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. <laughs> bring up is for a shoe like this, that's like such a, uh, a massive release on the calendar for it, it to still even be available and in some sizes and, and even on sale. I think that's kind of cool. Um, because I think for a lot of people, it's probably, um, it could be their first intro into a shoe like this, right? Um, where it's elevated, it feels premium. It has a story behind Beautiful it. Beautiful shoe. Yeah. Like you, like a lot of people, you know, they could be, um, the first time they get a collab sneaker and it's like, okay, it makes them kind of, you know, fall in love with that aspect of sneakers, the storytelling part. Right. And I think that's cool to kind of have that accessibility. And like you said, the the storytelling and, and just kind of the rollout that they do, I think they're kind of leading the charge as to the different ways that they release a sneaker um, and, and and how many people are able to get them in all these different varieties, right? You named off like five different formats that this yeah. sneaker actually released. Um, and I think that's that's just, a, a again, just a win for, for the consumer. I think the thing that uh, with any AMM or Whitaker Group release, that I think that people appreciate the most is knowing what you're going to get. Yeah. Right? Like before, like there's an AMM five coming out apparently later this year. I can tell you there's going to be four different kinds of raffles through AMM. There's going to be in store. There's going to be online. There's going to be probably women's only, uh, discord. And then there's gonna be a first come first serve release. And there might be even a restock after they like cancel bot orders. Like, you know what you're going to get before you even get into it. And that's what kind of makes a good release. Like I want to have expectations and I want to know what I'm signing up for when I want this shoe, yeah. right? And um, you want them to be met. You exactly. And they, met. and they do that every time. And when, if, if they don't, I think there's been a couple of times where they've had hiccups, they make up for it. So then 
yeah, that's there's not much more to say. It's an AMM release. Like you could really just call it that, and people know yeah. what I'm talking about and what we mean. So it's it's the best. Yeah, and I will add because this was like the first hype release of the year, it completely reset the sneaker industry. Like right yeah. in there, because a lot of people went into it like, oh, I'm a Monier collab. Gotta cop these. Need need need, and they were buying to just buy because you know they wanted it. For, for trade or, or to resell and quickly realized, oh man, I'll take $25 below retail back right now to, to get off of these, which again is a victory for people who actually wanted them and happened to have missed out or, you know, we're second guessing the purchase. Um, but yeah, we got the, the uh, Ava Money Jordan 5s coming out later this year. And um, I think we'll see kind of a repeat of that experience. Um, Those fives look sick, by the way. Yeah, the details. My goodness. The, this is why I hate the leaks. The netting with the A's in the yeah. net. Oh my goodness. Yeah, this is why this is why I hate the leaks. Um, jumping back to another Kith release. I don't know how familiar you guys are with uh, New Balance 998 uh, Frank Lloyd Wright Foundation. Um, did either of you guys pick those up? I did pick up the Chutney pair. Yeah. Nice. Where did you get those? I got those from Kith, the actual like raffle the raffle that they nice. did in the app. Yeah. So I think, again, Kith sets um, a, a standard, uh, in my opinion, for releases. And this is a really great example of um, available shoe. I saw members who were like doubling up or tripling up and can yeah. assist within the community. Um, the storytelling around the shoe and the why, but also the different places it released, right? Um, releasing, I think it was in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, at the Frank Lloyd Wright Foundation. Um, they did a Tokyo release, which I happened to be there for. Uh, Ronnie was there those couple of days because he hadn't visited the the Tokyo store since it opened um, due to the pandemic. And one for me, just seeing um, what a hype sneaker release in Japan is like was just completely eye-opening. The most patient, organized, single-file lines and wristbands and it, I just, I couldn't believe the, the the difference from what I saw in like Chicago All-Star in 2020 and this. It was like just crazy to me. Um, but overall, again, kind of similar to the uh, Amamanye um, lane, they had multiple ways to get these right. Um, the in-app raffle, um, the early act, the early access uh, or loyalty access, I, I should say, the different in-person releases across the world ultimately. Um, and then finally, online as well it was very attainable and it's a beautiful beautiful sneaker um i ended up getting both they're yeah my... they're fantastic like there's not much to say this is again and this is the kind of shoe where you want there should be a lot of pairs produced right and like this is kind of what and this is not meant to be a shot at anybody this is kind of what you would hope the kobe six mamba sita could have been mm-hmm. or there should have been eight trillion billion pairs of this shoe so you could send proceeds to where they need to go and everyone can get access and that kind of thing so yeah kudos to kith once again for they i feel like they kind of get a bad rap sometimes um but one like they're kind of called up to the plate in situations like this and you know the the, the clark's samba like they really do step up so they, i want to kind of give them their props because they do kind of get a bad rap on occasion for their app and etc <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and it, I, I think that uh, the way that they released it, like, I mean, if you if you're there's obviously no kit in Arizona, right? Like the closest kit right. you're ever gonna have that type of experience to is is in you know L.A. or or you know if you visit New York, Miami, whatever. Miami, but, yep. Um, 
but I think it was really cool that they gave like this new audience a, a piece of like the kit experience and, and like just kind of having that in-person vibe. I think that's, that was really cool. And again, on top of all the other release methods that you would have an opportunity to get them, but to be able to, I think there's, we can all agree on like that in-person experience is kind of unmatched and being able to pick up, a, yep. you, I mean, you saw a DP, right? And in, in store, like pick up a shoe, see it, and then walk out of the store. I was, shoe, it's kind of like unparalleled. I was so shook from the Japan experience. I came back at three o'clock in the afternoon because I'm like, I'm not waiting in any lines for whatever. I'll, came, I'll come back and I'm an 11, 10 and a half, which is all, you know a little bit more of a rare size in Japan. I walked in, they're like, yeah, we got both in, in the 10 and a half. Um, do you want both? And I'm just sitting on my, uh, yeah, okay, I'll take both. <laughs> because because how often <laughs> you get that opportunity just to walk into a store hours after launch to, to buy something they sold they sold through by by the next day. I actually put one pair back while I was in line because I'm like I cannot travel home with two boxes. Um, I came home, bought another pair, et cetera, et cetera. Um, also, I, I should note that um, Ronnie did a, a an exclusive event while he was there at the store. I think about like a hundred people got an opportunity to buy the shoes before the store opened and get um, them si- the box signed by by him and a little meet and greet, which I thought was a, a, a cool touch to to the launch. And um, yeah, he was hanging around there. Um, all day, anytime I pass pass by, I, I saw them. Um, but yeah, overall, a really cool release. Um, I do want to do a, a, a quick a quick round of of shout outs to some shoes that we didn't really talk about, but are still deserving of it. Do you guys have anything in mind, or do you want me to go first and um, give you some time to think? You go ahead. Yeah, I got to think about for a second. All right. Um, so Dornbecker collection in general, I think is an amazing um, series of sneaker releases, uh, the storytelling. We could really pick um, any one of the shoes from this year's collection um, and say great things about it. Um, Riddy's Jordan 1 um, obviously comes to mind. Um, she's awesome. If you haven't listened to our podcast with her, definitely go go uh, check it out. But it was ultimately um, the, the Vimero 5 from this year that's it like... Yeah. Flew under the radar. Um, ultimately, you know, didn't really release everywhere. I believe it was, it was Jaren. I, I want to double check. It was Jaren who designed them. Yeah, it was Jaren. Um, Jaren's design I saw maybe like twelve months ago um, when he saw it for the first time at a Nike photo shoot, and um, his reaction was, I'll, "I'll never forget how excited he was." Um, but that shoe. Sold out. It was mostly available on sneakers and select retailers like Detail R, Shoe Palace. Um, I'm probably forgetting someone, but definitely those two. You just had to go in store and you had to know where your local stores were. And they were put into, you know, not your obvious locations. We were, I think, um, in, in Vegas. Uh, I saw them at the, was it Shoe Palace? Shoe in, Palace, yeah. Shoe Palace in Vegas had sizes up to like 10 and I'm sitting there thinking like, hey, let's just buy all of them. Yeah, and you told everybody afterward. Yeah. No, yeah, not and the during, manager's not like, while you were there. No, you didn't. You didn't call anybody while you were there. I just want to point that out for everybody. He didn't let anybody know at the time. He told us hours later. Oh, by the way, look, guess what I saw? Man, I was, I was. I'm not I, salty or anything. Yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> my point being, my point being was, um, it was accessible, and, and and it's an amazing story. And obviously, all the proceeds go to to a great cause at, at um, OHSU. Um, this shoe just happened to get captured by like the zeitgeist of. Uh, I guess social media and it went viral and after it went viral it went from like people were selling pairs on retail on collect 
Um, I think Ali got a pair for 190 or 200 USD. Um, I was eyeing a second pair because I loved it so much. And literally in the span of seven days, it went viral and they were $500, which was just insane. Um, so it didn't have the ending I'd like, but I do have to shout it out for just being overall, um, you know, an amazing story, what the kids do and the stories they tell um, through their through their footwear. So I want to give them a shout out to everyone who participated um, in the previous year's collection. All right, who's I'll next? let Juan go first because I feel like he's going to say a couple that I am going to shout out but don't personally care about. So I'll see if he covers them first. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I got a couple. So, I mean, I think the Air Max one, Big Bubble, um, it is one that I think deserves a mention just because, again, the, the stock and, and always... Air, Ma- or Air Max Day is something that, you know, it's not as big as, as maybe it, it was when it first, um, when Nike first started pushing it. But I think this year it was kind of cool to, I think it fell on like a Sunday and like, I, I can't remember like the last time Nike actually like dropped the shoe on a Sunday, but mm-hmm. it was really cool to see, you know, all the different in, um, in-store activations from boutiques across the North America, r- around the world really. And and then them dropping them online, and I think pretty much anybody that wanted a pair of those was was able to to get them. Um, and I think it's obviously cool that it's the first time that they released in that original shape. So the shape that is amazing. Yes, I I, I, I do love it more than other Air Max One shapes. They're definitely uh, they're definitely comfier too um, <laughs> with with the more uh, the bigger air unit but that that deserves a shout out and i think just um in general there's a couple of uh new balance collabs as well that um that have been really really good that you know have kind of flown on the radar but are still obtainable primarily the the 610 collabs um the bodega had one a couple a uh, month ago that i think was really really cool um i think anybody that you know wanted to get a pair of those was able to obtain and then Obviously, before that, the Joe Fresh Goods rollout as well. Um, you know, we obviously know how yep. his track record with New Balance and and how many um, pairs he he's been able to release. And and I think that one again, <laughs> still super obtainable. I think you might still be able to find. I think we over the weekend we saw them in store um, at, at Kith. They were still just there um, for anybody to kind of pick up and look at. So I think that's that's really cool. That again, people are able to to look at a pair in store and decide if they actually want that shoe before you know being having that FOMO and having to uh having to buy it uh on release day so those are kind of three that that come to mind um when it comes to this year yeah I think that the uh these kind of had a mixed bag of release experiences to say the least but the baklava um action bronson new balance um 990 v6 the most recent one, the the blue pair was a lot more accessible. They saw a lot more. Again, another shoe we saw in Kith in person, sitting there on the shelf. Um, so, really, really good. Um, personal pair for me is the uh, super random the Masters Air Max One, the golf shoe that they released uh, for the Masters in April. Um, love that shoe. I haven't actually purchased a whole lot this year somehow. DP's made up for both of us in in that, but uh, yeah, yeah the right. Masters Air Max One I, I really really enjoyed, and again it was relatively easy. It only saw a Nike release, but it released like three times on Nike, and if you wanted a pair, you probably got a pair, which is the best. Oh, yeah, I mean, look, common theme uh, is accessibility, storytelling. Um, that's the two biggest things, and that's really what 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 matters the most around shoes. It's why we we love shoes. Um, 
it's easy to get caught up in uh, the hype cycle of, of SB Dunks and, and SB4s and Travis Scott's, but ultimately, um, I think what makes uh, the true sneakerhead the happiest is the releases we talked about today. Um, so that is kind of the halfway mark summary. Uh, I'm sure we've got a lot of great releases left um, for the next four or five months of the year. Um, so we'll we'll come back to it and see what still sticks on our list and maybe you know finalize something into the top 10. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Lawrence, thank you for not being fined. Juan, thank you for putting <laughs> up Lawrence. Um, I appreciate you guys joining us on the podcast today. That's an evergreen thank you, but you're welcome. <laughs> thanks thanks for having thank you for listening to another episode of the soul savvy podcast if you enjoyed today's episode please make sure to rate review and subscribe to the podcast you can find us on social media at soul savvy with one v on all platforms to learn more about soul savvy and join our community please visit www.soulsavvy.com slash join <laughs>